good to see everyone this morning. Uh, if you would uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31. Comes right before uh, Ecclesiastes. Thank you to my precious wife for loaning me her Bible this morning. I walked off without mine, which is terrible. <laughs> True confessions of a preacher this morning. <clears throat> Proverbs 31. Let me just read through this, and then um, it, hopefully it's familiar for everyone. The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. What, O my son, and what, O son of my womb, and what, O son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink. For they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his, pover his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. An excellent wife who can find, for her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. By the way, that verse 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her. This is the only place in Scripture where um, trust is, is given to someone else other than God, that you should trust anyone else other than God. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it from her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff. Which um, it's Honestly, people are not quite sure what this word means, but more than more than likely, it's part of the spindle, okay, uh, for, for actually for um, spinning the, the thread or the, the, the yarn. Uh, she stretches her hands out to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. A better translation there is probably double clothed. Um, in other words, it... it for the cold, she's able to afford two, two sets of clothing for them to, be, to stay warm. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Amen. We're honoring mothers today and honoring the, the Proverb 31 ladies. And uh, no, not just the mothers, but uh, mothers, wives, and all our sisters in the Lord. Um, you know, Proverbs is, is kind of a different book. Um, I don't know if anyone have, has uh, gone through Proverbs very much. It's got a lot of Proverbs, right? Good, you know, short little sayings. A lot of them, they're just little snippets, you know, one or two verses long that um, just uh, are, are short, sweet, to the point, and they don't really, a lot of them, a lot of them don't have much connection to the other verses, right? Even the ones right before or right after. So themes in Proverbs are um, sometimes hard to come by. Um, let, me, let me say this to, um, uh, well, no, I'm going I'm to say that for a minute later. Uh, so themes are somewhat hard to come by in, in Proverbs. But there are a couple of themes that um, make this chapter, chapter 31, a very, very fitting end to the book of Proverbs. It's a, it's, it's a, a really great way to end the book. Number one, um, what we, one thing that we see in the beginning of Proverbs, and specifically... Um, uh, chapter 5 and chapter 7 is the warning for, the, uh, for men, for sons, because a lot of this is directed to um, sons, whether that is a um, literal son, you know, that, that Solomon would be writing to his sons, or sons being, you know, those who follow after. But for them to stay away from the, idol- the adulterous woman and harlot, and that's one, one of the few themes of, of Proverbs is to stay away. In fact, let me, let me go ahead and read just a, uh, a couple of things here. Just Come on. Out of um, chapter 5. Uh, I'll start in verse 3. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and smoother than oil is her speech. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life, her ways are unstable, she does not know it. Um, Flip over to uh, chapter uh, 7. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 6. For at the window of my house I looked out through my lattice, and I saw among the the naive and and discerned among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing through the streets near her corner. And he takes the, the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, in the darkness. And behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. She's boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. She is now in, in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks, lurks by every corner. So she seizes him and kisses him. And with a brazen face, she says to him, 
I was due to offer peace offerings. Today I have paid my vows. Therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. And uh, it, it goes on. I don't need to read the entire thing. But there's a warning to, to, to stay away from the adulterous woman and the harlot. Okay, and those, one of the few themes you find in Proverbs is stay away from, from, these, from these women that are going to lead you astray. But it contrasts at the end of the book for the Proverbs 31 woman. The woman who fears the Lord as opposed to, those, to, the, to the woman who will pull a, a, a man away in adultery or as a harlot. So there's this, this stark contrast from a, a, a woman who is an adulteress or a harlot versus the, the woman who is the, the one who fears the Lord and, and takes care of her family and follows after the Lord. Um, one of the other themes in, in the book is, is that wisdom, wis, that one should pursue wisdom, and wisdom is per, personified as a lady. Wisdom is personified as, as a woman in Proverbs. Um, uh, let me read you just a few of these. Chapter 4. Verse 5 says, uh, chapter 4, verse 5 says, Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget or turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will guard you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will um, present you with a crown of beauty. Um, flip over to uh, chapter 8. No, wait, I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to see there's a whole bunch to read here let me, I'll just skip over to chapter 9 uh, chapter 8 has a lot of the wisdom but let me um, ch- chapter 9 verse 1 says wisdom has built her house she has hewn out her seven pillars she has prepared her food she has mixed her wine she has also set her table she has sent out her maidens she calls from the tops of the heights of the city. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here to him who lacks understanding. She says, come eat my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. So you've got, you've got this, um, again, you've got the contrast between the, uh, the harlot or the adulterous woman and then the, the woman of faith, the woman who fears the Lord. Then you've got this uh, personification of wisdom as a, as a woman who makes her, her, makes her home, who invites you in, who prepares the table. And what it's like is, is in chapter 31 that the, 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 the woman wisdom becomes an actual person. 
she becomes an actual person, the, the woman who fears the Lord. So it's not just a personification in wisdom. It's like she becomes the person, the, the woman who fears the Lord. So uh, there's very few themes in Proverbs, but the several, the, a couple of the main themes are this, stay away from the harlot, acquire the, the woman of wisdom, acquire wisdom who is, who is personified as a woman. And then you've got the, the woman who fears the Lord in, in, in Proverbs 31. Okay, so in chapter 31, it's a fitting, fitting way to end the book. Now, who is this? What? Okay, it, this is um, written to Lemuel. Good question. I don't know. We're going to go on from there. Um, no. Um, honestly, uh, theologians don't exactly know who Lemuel is. Um, he is not, to all knowledge, there is no king of Israel, either northern kingdom of Israel or southern kingdom of Judah, named Lemuel. So they're going, hmm, good question. Now, I am, um, historically, what people believe is that Lemuel, which is, um, means um, the dedicated to God or God's possession is a um, actually a term for Solomon. Okay? Dedicated to God or God's possession. It's a, a term for, for Solomon. Um, Jubilee, give me real quick. Just give, you, give, give an example. Now, most of you guys know our girls by their given names. Okay? You, you know Karis and Kaylin and Curia and Kyla. Um, but all of them have nicknames. Um, in fact, they have more than one. They, they, they all have nicknames for each other that nobody else uses. And I don't know how that came about. We just kind of one day went, you all have nicknames for yourselves, huh? Um, but Kyla, um, ever since she was born, we called her Jubilee. And it's gotten shortened to Juby. All right? But um, it, it, it's a nickname, and it's a significant name that for us in the time of life that we were at when she was born was very significant. And so we said, you know what, it's been seven years, and this is our year of Jubilee. And she is a sign that, um, that God is, is letting us enter into that year of Jubilee. So um, we've called her Jubilee since she was born, right? Okay, thank you. Um, and I think it's very possible, don't know, but very possible that Lemuel is another name that Solomon was given by his mom. Now, who was Solomon's mother? Bathsheba. Ooh, which make this 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 makes it even a little bit more. Um, if you think about it, think about who Bathsheba was and what we just read here. Okay, and the whole thing of Proverbs: stay away from adultery, right? Acquire wisdom, uh, right? Who's, who's Bathsheba? 
Bathsheba was the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Okay? Uriah was one of David's mighty men. So, you know, I, one of David's most trusted, one of his friends. It wasn't just someone in the kingdom. It was one of the guys that he leaned upon, one of the guys that was in the stronghold with him, one of the guys that was at the mountain, you know, when they were on the run from um, King Saul. You know, these were one, this is one of the guys that, you know, he's been in the, in the trenches with, you know, has gone to battle with. You know, they've been shoulder to shoulder in arms. This is, all right, one, you know, I don't know their relationship, but this is evidently, you know, David had, what, 30 mighty men? And uh, this is one of the 30. He's one of David's closest. And if you remember when, when they were um, off, it says uh, when the kings go up, went off to war, the time of the kings went off to war, David stayed at home. And he, was, he came out onto his, you know, look, overlooking and saw a woman bathing and went, ooh, I'd like to have her. Ended up being with Bathsheba and she became pregnant the wife of Uriah. And David went, uh-oh, what's, what am I going to do about this? And he tried to trick Uriah um, into coming back from the battle and then spending the night with his wife. He said, okay, that'll, that'll be okay. And Uriah was, was more honor, honorable than that. And he said, no, all of my buddies are on the battlefield. I'm not going to go back into my wife. So he wouldn't go in. So David came up with a plan to get Uriah killed. Uriah was killed in battle, and David took Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, to be his wife. Now, the child that they had ended up dying not too long after birth, right? Because God said to David, you know, what you did was wrong. You can't go and kill people and, and have their wife. It's not right. So that the child is going to, to die. But they had another child. They had another child, Solomon. Solomon, the one that God chose and David chose to eventually be king in his place, King Solomon. And if, if Lemuel is Solomon, this is a writing from his mom. This is a, something given by his mom to him, an oracle, okay? Which is really highly unusual to see. I mean, um, I, I did a quick study. There's, I'm not sure there's any other full passages of scripture from a woman. I did a study, I, I couldn't find any. You know, and so, now, honestly, some... Some books of the Bible, we're not quite sure who wrote them, you know, but from the ones we know who wrote this, this actually says this is from his mom, right? So having said that, um, you, you all cannot go, you know, oh, what a wonderful passage. This is what every man wants, and this is you know, a man that has written this stuff down, right? No, this is a lady who's written who has given this to her to her son now proverbs proverbs is um 
they say Proverbs is written by Solomon. Okay, it really is um, a lot of Solomon, but not all. Okay, um, it's kind of like Psalms. Um, I, even with, when you look at the book of, of Proverbs, um, within the book it will say that these were composed by like Hezekiah's men, you know, or, or either they're collected by them. Okay, but flip over. I want, I want you to see just a couple of things here. Um, look at look at chapter four. Chapter four. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live, acquire wisdom. So where did that come from? David. You see that? That's a quote. He said to me and taught me. David said. Right? This is from Solomon, but it's, it's remembering the words of his father, David. Flip back over one, uh, to the first page, chapter 1. Um, verse 8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So, if Lemuel is Solomon, I really think he probably is, um, he's got the teaching of David in here, right? He also has the teaching of his mom. Isn't it fitting that the, it, the book ends with this beautiful passage from, um, like I said, if, if Lemuel is Solomon, it ends with this beautiful passage from his mom, Bathsheba teaching him. Now, let me, let's take it one step further. This is a, an incredible passage, all right? Um, for anybody who, anyone who has written any sort of poetry or done any sort of creative writing, um, who, who here remembers what an acrostic is? Okay, tell, tell me, what, what's an acrostic? Good, good, excellent. So this, if, if I were to write this in English, and I'm not going to write it in Hebrew because my Hebrew is absolutely terrible, um, but it, it, from, from verse 10 through verse 31, it goes from A down to Z. Every, each line um, starts off with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is really pretty cool, right? Um, I can't do that with English. So whoever did this is, is absolutely, you know, number, number one, we've got, we've got the big A author, right, who is putting all of this together. Um, but it's, it's an acrostic going from, in Hebrew, Aleph all the way down to um, Tau, all right? And it's, it, each line um, uh, starts off with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet all the way from 10 through 31. 
Um, so that's what, 22, I believe, letters. But it's not only an acrostic, which that's cool enough, but um, it's what is called a chiasm. Anybody know what a chiasm is? So um, a chiasm, what, what, they, what they have, this is, this is very, this is all through scripture. Um, but if you were to go uh, A, B, C, B, A, all right? So this, the, the first line and the last line um, uh, are linked together. They basically say um, kind of the same thing. Second line and the second to the last line are linked together and say basically the same thing. Okay? Then um, when, you have a chi- when you have a chiasm, this is going to be the main, really the main point. This entire thing is one huge chiasm that's also an acrostic. And, you, and I, I'm, I know these are big words, and you're going, well, why, the, the, why, why is he telling me all this? Because this is showing how complex and how incredible um, the big A and the small A author are in, in, is in this, this passage, right? This is an incredible artistic piece of work. So you might, the, now your, your question probably is, so if C is the main point, what is that, right? And actually, so there's like 22 lines, so it's like 11 this way and 11, 11 back. Um, the midpoint of this is in verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. No. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Now this is a whole passage about the, the, uh, the God-fearing woman, right? And the midpoint, you're, saying, and you're, you're going, Pastor, no, that doesn't make any sense. This is supposed to be the God-fearing woman in the midpoint. The main point is her husband sits at the gates among the elders of the land. And all the guys are going, that's right. That's the midpoint. That's, we're gonna, all the guys are going to go over here, sit at town hall every day. We're going to greet everybody who comes in. We're going to sit around and talk about everything that goes around in town while the woman's out there at the fields working. Right? No, here's what, here's what I think why this is the main thought of this. Is this is from his mom. And more than anything, she is saying, look, a good wife. I want you to have a good wife. You're going to, I know who, it's, king, it's, it's the king, right? I know that you're where you're going to be. I know that you're, you have, you're going to have the throne or you have the throne of the kingdom. You need a good wife. She has a concern for her child. This is a mother's concern that, that, that her, her son will marry well. It's out of a mother's love to say, look, 
son, look, here's, here it is. I know this is where you're going to be, but uh, surrounding you, surrounding this entire thing, you need a God-fearing woman who's going to allow you to fulfill your calling. A God-fearing woman who will allow you to fulfill your calling. So this is a mom's heart's desire for her son. You know, as this ends, as this goes through and, and it talks about the excellent wife who is getting up early in the morning, who is taking care of her family, making sure her family has uh, food on the table, clothes to wear, She's out in a field. She's overseeing. She's entrepreneurial, right? She's overseeing people. She is um, allowed to make decisions. She is uh, create, you know, making her own money. She's out doing. In fact, some people say there's no possible way. This is this is an idyllic uh, position that nobody could actually live up to, all right? I don't know that that's the case. I think this is this is a mom saying, "Here, son, this is what I want you to have." Um, but it ends with this: her children will rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, uh, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works pray, praise her in the gates. Notice that's where the husband is, right? He's in the gates. And what's he doing? He is making sure that his his wife, the one that his mom has said, make sure and, uh, and get, acquire this God-fearing woman for yourself. He's making sure that she is praised in the gates. Now, as, as we look at all this, like I said, the, the whole point of this is, is a, a, a mother's love for her kid. This is a mother's love for her son. This is, this is a mother saying, son, out of everything else I could give you, all the wisdom and all the insight, this is, this is what you need so that you can fulfill your calling. And it turns back around and says, she's to be praised. And we should do the same thing. You know, I, I think it's very fitting for us to, to praise our moms, to praise our wives, to praise those those ladies, uh, our Christian sisters who have have done so much to to help people and help raise them up. You know, there are um, we uh, we have some friends back in Oklahoma that that never had kids, but let me let me tell you, they 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 took care of college kids. That was their their ministry, and so. Um, they were a mom and dad to a lots and lots and lots of college kids. You know, no physical kids of their own. But let me tell you, they, they were parents nonetheless. They just didn't have to raise them from this high, right? Um, and so it is very fitting for us to, on this day, praise our moms and to praise our wives, those who have, have done so much in our lives. And so, um, you know, um, I'd like to just take a moment and, and um, uh, I'd like for us to pray 
for all the ladies, the, the, the ladies in the church who, um, sorry kids, you know, like 18 and above, because um, you, you kids are, are still kids, but let's, we, could, could we just um, take a moment and uh, uh, let's just, um, guys, I know there's probably more ladies than, than guys in here, but could you um, just, uh, let's, let's surround the ladies in our church and uh, let's just pray together. If you, if you feel comfortable, just, um, uh, you know, putting your, laying your hand on a shoulder or, um, or something. And then let's just uh, bless all the, the ladies, all the moms, all the sisters. Come on, guys. Get, let's y'all get up, get up and move around here. And I'll, I'll lead in prayer, okay? Um, yeah, thank you, Lynn. Maybe if you... Um, We might have to rearrange seats a little bit. All right. Maybe um, Pastor Kevin, could you grab? Or good, good. All right. All right, Lord, thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for these uh, mighty women of God. Lord, many of them are physical moms to, to kids. They've been raised by dear mothers and grandmothers. Many in others are, are, they may not be a physical mom, but boy, they, they take care of people. Nonetheless, they take care of those you bring to them. They take care of um, nephews and nieces. And uh, Lord, thank you for these ladies. And in the name of Jesus, I, I bless them today. Lord, I ask that your hand would be upon them in might and in power in strength and anointing. Lord, I pray that you will um, just raise them up fresh and new. Lord, where they, where they have um, kind of run out of gas, Lord, I pray that you'll um, fill their tank. Lord, fill their spiritual tank, fill their physical tank with energy, with strength, with a, a new fervor to go on and to, um, to fulfill every part of their calling and destiny in you. And Lord, I pray that you will um, give them a, a new dose of, of wisdom and knowledge. Lord, that I know many of them are, are kind of walking into a new level or a new stage in life. Lord, and they need the wisdom and the knowledge to, to hand down and pass down to the next generation. Whether that is you know, my generation or, or younger kids, they need that, that wisdom and the knowledge to pass down. Lord, I pray that you'll um, just fill them with that, fill their mind and their hearts with a, a godly wisdom and knowledge to be able to pass down. Lord, I, and I pray that you will, um, Lord, bless them with, um, uh, Lord, just a, a renewed um, closeness to you. Lord, that um, they, will, they will find you 
so easily that, that they will walk into to prayer their prayer closet and then you'll just be there with them. Lord, let them find a renewed closeness, a renewed um, fellowship with you, a renewed uh, kinship, a, a renewed relationship, and just uh, that, that um, very, very close presence of you. Lord, I pray that you will let them um, be conduits of your presence, that they can pass down not just wisdom, but they will be able to pass down to the next generation this is how you commune with the Father. This is how you get in close with the Son. This is how the, the presence of the Holy Spirit is supposed to surround you. So, Lord, I thank you for it. I bless them now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would um, just let them be feel um, so special on this, this Mother's Day that they will, they'll feel blessed and... and um, not only blessed, but that they'll feel loved. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day once again to um, all you uh, wonderful ladies of the house. And uh, have a have a great great Mother's Day. You can um, uh, beat the Baptist to lunch, and um, and uh, have, just have a wonderful wonderful week. We will see everybody on Wednesday night uh, for prayer.